You're listening to Around Comics, episode 190. Comics, the Comic Culture Podcast. Hey there, folks. Chris Neesman here, just returning from Wizard World Chicago. And uh, normally, Around Comics is recorded at Dark Tower Comics and Collectibles, located at 4835 Northwestern Avenue in Chicago. But uh, this week, we are presenting the Comic Book Podcasting Panel, which was recorded on Friday afternoon at Wizard World Chicago. So, something a little bit different here for you, rather than our roundtable sitting around talking about comics. You'll have a chance to hear from eight different podcasters and uh, Sean McKeever moderating those podcasters as they talk about podcasting and comic books and how the two of those things are are growing and changing all the time. So we will get to all of that in just a moment. Uh, But first of all, I want to let you know that this episode is sponsored by InStockTrades.com. And right now, InStockTrades.com is offering the Starman Omnibus Volume 1 for 37% off the cover price. That is our book of the month selection. And if you are interested in reading that and listening to our book of the month episode, you have one more week to do that. On uh, July 7th, I believe, uh, next Monday, we'll be releasing our book of the month episode. We actually recorded it this past week, and it was a lot of fun, so I'm looking forward to getting all of that out for you and uh, so if you haven't read Starman you have one more week if you want to listen to that episode Uh, we'll let you know that uh, we've picked our next book of the month and it is Charles Burns Black Hole and InStockTrades.com is going to be offering that at a very hefty discount as well be uh, 35% off the cover price so uh, for all of your collected edition needs you can check out InStockTrades.com I know I do and remember that all orders over $50 do in fact ship for free. All right, let's uh, get to the comic book podcast panel. Uh, here in just a second, but uh, I definitely wanted to uh, pass along our condolences, uh, myself, Tom, and Sal, and everyone else here at Around Comics to the family and many, many friends of Michael Turner. It was uh, uh, shocking news on Friday when we heard of uh, Michael Turner's passing. He lost his long fight with cancer, and uh, it, it definitely... Uh, had an effect on the convention this weekend, and you saw firsthand how well-liked he was and how tight-knit the comic book community is. And uh, our thoughts and prayers are with his friends and family. So um, without further ado, let's uh, present you the 2008 Wizard World Chicago Comic Book Podcasting Panel. Welcome to the Comic Book Podcasting Panel. Um, as you mentioned, I'm Sean McKeever. I'm your host for this uh, 
wonderful, exciting event. Uh, if you don't know who I am, I'm a little hurt. But I'll get over it. <laughs> Uh, why don't we just go ahead and jump right into it instead of me rattling out about I don't even know what podcasting is, so uh, why don't we go down the line and uh, everybody introduce yourself uh, and tell us what uh, what podcast uh, you're with. I'm John Suntras. I uh, host a show called Word Balloon uh, on my site, and also uh, we post a news around as well. I'm Sean Whaley from the Rage Bullets podcast. <laughs> I'm uh, Vince B. from 11 O'Clock Comics, formerly of Bullpen Bulletins. I'm uh, Sal from Around Comics. I'm Chris Marshall with the Collective Comics Library podcast and also the Tomorrow's TuneIn Publishing podcast. I'm Scott Cedarland with uh, Wednesday's Hall and occasionally <coughs> the Cheap Seats. I'm Steve Schuler from Alter Ego Comic Cast. I'm Rania from Geektress. No, I'm kidding. I'm Steve from the Comic Squares. <laughs> All right, great. Thanks for coming, everybody. <laughs> um, I'm actually not prepped for this at all. Um, but, uh, why don't we start off? Um, actually, one of the um, I've listened to uh, quite a few of your podcasts, and, and a few of them that I had listened to before, I listened to recently, and and uh, and I thought we'd, we'd start out with um, with why you guys, each of you, decided to. Uh, to start a podcast, what it was about podcasting in particular, as opposed to blogging or as opposed to just posting on message boards about comics. That you know, what made what was about what was it about that format, about the audio format, streaming over the internet that uh, that attracted you to it? Anyone? Sound in my own voice. <laughs> <laughs> I started in radio, and that's I mean, you know, in, and in radio, I've I've hosted and done reporting. And it literally was in a situation at my radio station where I covered boxing for an all-sports station. Boxing was kind of on the decline, and our program director decided he wanted to cut out that coverage. So I wanted to do something keeping my hand in interviewing and and reporting, but I didn't want anyone to think I was doing a conflict of interest. So I thought, what can I do? What's the furthest thing in the world from sports? Yeah, really, from sports. And I I thought comic books, obviously, and I'm a big fan. uh, you know, I, I really podcasting came almost second nature, like three months into me doing it, because I just wasn't aware of. I, I just put MP3s on my website for the first couple months, and then uh, a listener said, "You know, you really ought to podcast and put your thing on iTunes and do these other things." This was all in uh, the late summer of 2005, and and it's funny because at the time I was aware of Fanboy Radio and Comic Geek Speak I had become aware of over the summer. But uh, I really wasn't aware of, you know, at the time, how many other podcasts out there. There weren't that many at that time. Chris was doing his, we, we, we became friends. And so, yeah, it just, it, it seemed like a good format, and me being a talker, it just seemed a little easier <laughs> than a blog. So, that's why. Um, for me, it's for my wife's sanity, because I like to talk comics a lot. Uh, the honest reality, actually, it is part of the reality of it is I enjoy comics, and it was an opportunity for me to express that and share that with others. And um, if anybody's listened to our podcast, we tend to be rather lengthy exploration from A to Z of a comic. So um, it, it really is that kind of joy of sharing that experience with others and being able to get their thoughts and comments on what I feel about comics. So that's really what drove me to it. I actually have to thank a lot of other comic podcasters for providing me the opportunity because it's through audio comments and participating in their shows that then spread off into me starting my own show. So. Well, um, our Bulletin and Bulletin show actually began here at Wizard World Chicago in 2006. 
was it? We, uh, all of us were sitting around, and Sean and Jim were doing uh, Raging Bullets, and they mentioned that there wasn't a Marvel-centric podcast, so Chris and Sal suggested, from Ron Comics, suggested that we start a Marvel podcast, so David Price and I did, and then that's what led us to 11 o'clock comics, what it is today, where it's uh, Chris Neesman from Around Comics, myself, David Price from Marvel Noise, and newcomer Jason Wood. And why do I talk about comics with uh, three other guys? I have no idea, other than I enjoy spending time with these three gentlemen. I enjoy talking and sharing ideas with them. Uh, Chris always has a a different viewpoint, a different spin on things, and, and David Price likes Marvel. Um, <laughs> I, I try and put a, a different uh, perspective on, on comics and the way our show was done. Uh, I just enjoyed being with the guys. That's about it. Um, I, I, our show started off uh, a lot like what John was saying, other than the, us being in radio. <laughs> Uh, but listening to other, there are a couple other podcasts, John's being one of them, that we had listened to. Uh, Chris and I uh, started working together and became friends and um, found out that we both like comics and started going to conventions together. Um, and we just sort of decided that we thought we could do it as good as anything else that was out there, or at least have fun doing it. So, But really the camaraderie of talking with other people that enjoy the same interests uh, that you do. Growing up myself... Um, didn't have a, a lot of other friends that didn't have a lot of other friends, and uh, <laughs> so a few that I did uh, didn't really like comics, so uh, I didn't have uh, people to share that interest with. So um, how is it different from now? Not really. Uh, I can afford more now, <laughs> but that was really—I mean—that was really the basis of it. Was wanting to talk about something that we were passionate about with other people that were like-minded. Uh, for me, I just. You know, nobody was doing anything as far as podcasting. And when I read an article in the Detroit News about podcasting, and Adam Curry's Daily Source Code, and listened to a few of them, and at that time he was basically teaching people how to podcast. Uh, and you know, I figured, well, if he if he says it's that easy, well then I can do it. So I went to Radio Shack and Guitar Center, and within four days of reading that article, I was up on the web with podcast, and I've been doing it for three and a half years ever since. I guess I thought all the cool kids were doing it at first. Um, and then you met these guys. Yeah. We started the View from the Chiefs Keys as three guys who have been good friends who just sat around talking. You know, we, we, for 10 years sat around talking. We figured, hey, we can record this. So, uh, <coughs> pardon me, that's, that's what we did. That's how we got into podcasting. Just right after the whole iTunes thing, we found. Um, kind of key speak and all that. Uh, and that's kind of evolved into eventually with Wednesday Fall, just wanting to have something that I was just my own and I can talk whatever about. And it's, you know, if I want to talk about uh, Scrooge McDuck, I can talk about Scrooge McDuck. If I want to talk into the crisis, I talk into the crisis. Yeah, I think for, uh, for myself and, and, and people I host with, I think a big thing we wanted to do is. Uh, you know, we like to talk about comics just like everybody else. And I come from, um, you know, i got a background with doing some broadcasting and something like that. So I've done a little work with that and, uh, you know, went to school for that. And I said, you know, what can I do to 
you know, use all that college education, do something for free, I'll never get paid for. So podcast was a natural choice. So, but um, yeah, I mean, just like these other guys, I mean, we just kind of, you know, listen to, I listen to all these guys' podcasts and, you know, and uh, just wanted to do it as well. So it's kind of, you know, had the idea and said, let's try it. And then it kind of took off itself. I never listened to podcasts before. And I was actually uh, with a, an acquaintance of mine. We got together with a couple of other people and had sort of a weekly comic book discussion group. And at one time, somebody said, you know, we should start recording this. And I didn't like the people I was talking with, so I didn't want to do it with them. <laughs> and uh, then I found out that uh, Eric put an ad on Craigslist saying that he was uh, a big mo and looking for some other comic book and wanted to get together maybe do a show. And so I answered his, his ad. and. He, got started to know each other and we hung out together for probably about like uh, a month or two uh, before we ever sat down to record um, just to see if we even liked each other and you know we don't so we have a good relationship and so we just started talking and there it was um, just a couple uh, quick questions to you guys a show of hands uh, how many of you out in the audience uh, currently podcast not quite a few how many of you are, are looking to sometime in the future start your own podcast <laughs> One. <laughs> so it's already really saturated. Okay. All right. Um, actually, I had a, a question, uh, a specific question for Sal. Um, I listen. I used to listen to uh, to around comics quite a bit, you and, and then you brought on. <laughs> well, then you brought on Scotty Young, and, and now that now that he's now that he's gone and he's not anywhere around, can you just tell me what? How big a d bag is he? Uh, <laughs> huge. I see the. Are those two seats and those two seats for his ego? Is that what that is? Those <laughs> fucking <laughs> things <laughs> Just uh, uh, go ahead and throw it out to the audience. You guys may have a better idea of what you want to hear about than than, uh, than what I want to hear about. Anybody? Anybody? <laughs> <laughs> yes, Mr. Young. Do you guys, uh, does everybody listen to each other's? Yeah. Like, both channels? Channels? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. You guys ever wonder who can kick you whose ass? No. <laughs> I don't want to hear you. Not like physical, oh. but like, oh, okay. Do you do that right now? <laughs> 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 do you guys, we don't have a microphone for the people. Yeah. Uh, this is a podcast, right? This actual. Yeah, it will be. We don't have a microphone for the people to. No, to I, I often wonder how like people who do podcasts if they listen to other people's podcasts. Yeah, I go in spurts. Sometimes I do. Sometimes I mean. Uh, <laughs> you laughing in spurts? Spend a lot of time talking about comics and recording it. Yeah. And then turn around and hear somebody else talk about sometimes the same stuff you've talked about. Right. Does that influence what you do? Yeah. Um, I think early on it probably did more so than now. Um, I think when we first started, we were very much interested in what other people were doing on their shows uh, in a competitive nature of, of wanting to be the best podcast out there. So. Uh, we would listen to pretty much any podcast that came out to see what they were doing and, and you know, see if there's things we could steal from them, pretty much. But uh, now, I like I personally don't listen to that many anymore. I mean, occasionally I'll go here and there just because it's sort of oversaturation for comics in general, and uh, it just gets me too much. 
Yeah, I, I felt the same way. I mean, it depends on the subject. If the, if the subject is cool and interesting to me, then I'll check it out. And that's the great thing about iTunes. You can always find out the descriptions or go on everybody's website and see what they're talking about. But I keep looking for more straight interview shows like mine, because mine's a one-on-one interview show. I don't have a panel of people. Um, and there are a couple really good ones that are actually uh, from Great Britain. Uh, one in particular is called Panel Borders. Alex Fitch hosts it. And it is great. And Ding. also, you know, it's that pool of uh, British creators that, you know, just because of Skype or the time difference or whatever, we just don't have the time to get to as much. So it's interesting to hear those. But yeah, I can, that's what I keep searching for is more good in-depth interviews because I like, that's why I do my show. That's what I always do. I listen to a lot of other podcasts. So my iPod's loaded. I think one of the big problems now, it's a good problem, is that there's so many comic book podcasts that to try and follow all of them and listen to every episode of all of them is impossible. Um, I typically, you know, we, we have an active forum and one of my listeners says, hey, I'm starting up a new show. You know, I, obviously I want to support them, so I'll listen to their show and, and get a vibe on what they're doing. Um, I, I will find what we're talking about, um, if people are talking about the same topic you are, my show's spoiler-filled all the way through. We do some warnings at the beginning about it. So typically I avoid listening to other podcasts when they talk about the topics that I'm doing because I don't want to bring their thoughts in because I'm well aware that a lot of my listeners are interested in hearing more about that same topic. So I'll wait till after I've recorded mine to then go listen to theirs. Otherwise, what ends up happening is you can't help it if you hear somebody else's thoughts. It's going to influence the things that you say. So I try to avoid that. I mean, you should have been reading your notes. <laughs> I do the same thing. I, I support all of my friends by downloading all of their shows, but I rarely get a chance to listen uh, just because of the time limits limitations and also I don't like to be influenced by another's opinion so if, if uh, Sean talks about Final Crisis 2 and I haven't read it yet I, I make a point not to listen to his episode until way after I digest the finish which was very exciting oh you already answered I do listen to the WB podcast I guess I'll say I actually listen to a lot of podcasts and you know I guess steal ideas and hear what other people are talking about and and react to it. The podcasting isn't necessarily it doesn't have to be a one way communication um, that you can have even among different podcasts dialogue going about just things that are happening or not and that kind of fun to to record something or to say something to someone and then you know. A week later, hear their reaction to you on their own show. Witchblade, the complete anime series, is now available on iTunes. You can download the first episode for free on iTunes starting today, June 30th, for two weeks. Witchblade, the Top Cow comic book, is now a best-selling anime series. Alternative Press states that Witchblade is death by hotness. IGN ranked Witchblade a top 10 anime for 2007. And to download the free episode, you can go to www.funimation.com slash Witchblade or visit the TV show section of iTunes and search for Witchblade. Yeah, that's actually a 
actually something I noticed about, um, um, I listen to the Crankcast pretty religiously. Uh, uh, Mike Norton's a good friend of mine. And uh, Chris Crank's a pretty cool guy. And, and, uh, and, uh... you feel ripped off in the last episode? Where you the, uh, I haven't listened to it yet. Was it the whole album? Damn, Crank. Damn But, uh... One of the things that I noticed that's really cool about it um, that you just touched upon is that is that there are people who email them fairly regularly and they and they're on the talk back and and it really creates a, a sense of community that you wouldn't expect from a podcast you know but when you get the same when you get the same guys emailing in you know over and over again it's like you get it's like you're getting these other personalities even though it's you know Mike uh, blandly reading their uh, <laughs> their, uh, their emails to him. Hello, Mike and Craig. <laughs> Sean, I think that's important because Shut up. What, what? <laughs> Not you. Sean makes a good point because I think when, when I started, it was as a solo podcaster, it's all for me. I was doing it, it was pretty selfish. <laughs> Starting up my own podcast. You know, this is what I have to say, my own soapbox. But after so after as many episodes that I've done, I have created my own community. And now I've, I'm obligated to do my show each week because people expect it. It's come, you know every Wednesday that's when it comes out. So, and now uh, it's important. It's growing into something that's bigger than me. It, you know, um, one of the interesting things I noticed is that is that some people do solo podcasts. Is that is that like a, a choice, or is it or is it just because you don't have any friends? I like this. No, uh, seriously though, I mean, what? Um, why? Why is that the the choice that you made? Control. I can talk about whatever I want to. Because I've done the group thing, and it sucks. <laughs> Come on, here. <laughs> um, and the group group podcasts are great. So you get dialogue going, and they go in all kinds of different directions. But um, but you can't just talk about what you want to talk about sometimes. you got to think about what are the other guys, what have they read, what have they seen, what are, are they doing, where I can sit down 8 o'clock on a Monday night, start recording, and, it, and it's whatever I want to do. Mm-hmm. And it's just out there, do it, great. Um, and that's it. And it's, I don't have to really worry about what are other people going to say, what are they going to think, what have they read, what have they prepared, or whatever. Right. Uh, what about... Um uh, show notes. I mean, I noticed that some are pretty loose formatted. Some some guys have pretty thorough show notes. I mean, you try. Do you try to have show notes every time? And do you do you shoot for like a, a specific time period? Because you know, I've listened to podcasts that are as short as half an hour or twenty five minutes, and then some that are as long as two and a half hours. Uh, so what, what you know what goes into the what goes into that you know into the process of. Uh, or is there a process of, of, of deciding the uh, the topics and the format and uh, and the timeline? For mine, it's, a, it's an organic conversation. It depends on the creator. I mean, Gene Hod uh, is a great artist, and I love his stuff. And he answers very quickly and, and has thought behind his answers, but we breeze through everything I wanted to talk about with him in 25 minutes. Brian Mike Bendis likes to talk and, and also has a huge following on his message board, and when we do the Bendis tapes, it, it's a marathon. And I try and, you know, section them off into no longer than 90-minute uh, chunks, because I know it's a lot. But I think that's one of the great things about podcasts is you can do, as opposed to a video podcast, and I have nothing against video podcasts, but audio is great because you can, you can do whatever you want after. I mean, if you're cleaning, if you're house, or if you're shopping, or if you're working out, or on your commute, 
I obviously don't do it when I work out because I don't work out much, but um, you know, I mean, no, it's great. That's the that's the beauty of it, and, I, and that's why I'm happy that it's like I said, it's organic. So, however long the conversation is, that's the show. I think for us, we like to keep ours really tightly formatted because um, you know, for a long time we were doing 30 minutes, and we didn't like to go over 30 minutes. We just like to get it out there because I think one time somebody said something like, uh, you know. The reason they like our podcast is because it takes as long to listen to a podcast as it does to read a comic book. And I thought that was kind of cool. And, you know, we kind of keep ours in a magazine kind of format where we always have, you know, news, then buzz books, reviews, and then an interview. We kind of keep it that way, kind of keep it tight, and try to keep it under, under an hour. So it's worked pretty well for us. And, yeah, we do have notes. When we started, we made a conscious decision to keep it under an hour thinking that this is going to be for people who are driving, you know, in their commutes to and from work, they want to listen to this, or if they're at work, they want to listen. That's where I do most of my listenings at work. And uh, we don't understand the idea of show notes. We just take whatever <laughs> happens to pop up that minute. Sometimes we think about it a week in advance. Sometimes we think about it right before we hit record. We had show novellas. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I do show notes for my... Anybody who listens to my show, you know I have show notes... It's, it's based around like a six o'clock news format. That's what that's what I do. We've uh, dissertations. I think. We've we've changed formats so many times since <laughs> we've been doing this. Uh, you know, anything from a half hour to an hour to three and a half hours, we cut into three shows to you know wherever it takes us. But uh, initially, we had very big piles of show notes for everyone, uh, and and things were. Uh, well scripted out by Chris. He liked to keep things on a tight, you know, timeline. But uh, as we progress, we've, we've gotten a little looser with that and, and sort of uh, <coughs> just sort of let our personalities take over a bit more and, and guide it uh, more so. Because quite honestly, I mean, when it comes to reporting about comics, um, everybody's sort of talking about the same thing. So to me, it's more interesting to to listen to opinions and personalities than what new com- you know what new releases sold out or what uh, artists signed a new exclusive or whatever that may be, um, and I think it comes down more towards at least with us to, to our three personalities on the show. Uh, we don't have a format on Little Thought Comics, and it's because. Of, uh, if anyone had listened to Bullpen Bulletins, that show was kind of experimental. And the reason, okay, uh, the reason that I kind of burned out on it was because I couldn't talk about things I wanted to talk about, meaning other comics, than Marvel. So this time around, I, I made sure, and the other guys agreed, that we would talk about anything that came to mind, no show notes. No format we can talk about any. How did you get Chris to agree to that? Because he's the best podcaster in the world. He said I could drink. <laughs> and he can drink. But uh, I know I script. I do show notes for myself. But when uh, other than that, we don't have any kind of scripting at all on our show, and it shows. You can tell. We're all over the place. That's just the vibe we got going, and it works for us, especially when Chris is drunk. Well, yeah, you guys, uh, you record in in uh, in Alter Ego Comics after after it's closed, right? And you guys can sit back and have a couple brews and just like pound around, like, right? Yeah, we're naked too. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's yeah. the whole 
I've seen the same format since I've played. <laughs> I think with uh, Jim and I, our show format kind of just evolved. Like you kind of mentioned organic, that's a great word for it. And I think it's true of any podcast. I think after doing a few episodes, you start to get a vibe for what you want to do and what feels comfortable. Um, as far as show notes go, the amount of show notes I do is really long on a whole bunch of levels. I was actually, when I started doing the podcast, I was doing a PhD. I do more notes for my show than <laughs> But we literally, um, cause, just because of the nature of our show, like I said, we explore the comic from A to B. And, um, you know, Jim is crazy enough to go along with me for the ride, so... A lot of times it's far more interesting, though, the stuff that's outside of our notes that come from the fact that I don't know what he wrote, he doesn't know what I'm going to talk about, and we go off on tangents because of that, because we're incredibly puzzled by the other's view. And I think that's kind of the fun thing. You hear it in here, like, you know, just a great sampling of the fact that we're all in our own ways, unique and different. And I think that's the great thing about the format, is that it's really open-ended, like you were mentioning, it's, uh, it's, it's really, you can kind of find your own vibe, and there's a lot to do with podcasting, so... What about, uh, um, for those of you who get um, guests on your show, whether it's, you know, comics creators or, or retailers or, or whatnot, um, uh, do you find that difficult, or do you find uh, creators that generally be approachable or easy to get a hold of? It depends on the guy, because, um, you know, and, and it's one of my fears, because coming from sports talk, um, I worked in Chicago, and, and we were one of the first sports talk stations in the country with New York and a couple others. And at the beginning, it was very easy to get everybody who was fishing in a barrel. As time has gone on, and there literally are hundreds of sports talk stations, all of the teams kind of wised up and have kind of arranged a structure of how to book people, and certainly the publishers of comics have followed suit. It depends. There are individuals who can approach through their website, and they're great and sure love to do it. There are those that say, well, talk to the marketing director of Marvel or DC and set it up that way. Um, there are some that won't do it at all uh, and think that, you know, we're kind of, you know, silly little fans just, you know, kind of doing our thing, which is cool. I mean, that's their opinion. Um, so, yeah, I, I, it, it, it's challenging. And I'm kind of, I feel fortunate that I got in early and was able to kind of be Johnny Appleseed and kind of hit all these, a lot of core group of creators and really establish a good rapport with them so that it is easier to get them back. But, uh, yeah, and then, I mean, honestly, and it's, it's no specific shows that are saying, oh, God, there's another um, comic podcast. But I do worry about oversaturation sometimes. And I do think that eventually there will be some sort of tipping point that will make it more difficult. Do you mind that I call you the Barbara Walters of Comics Podcast? <laughs> sure, I'll take that. Okay. I'll I just wanted to see if you had a Barbara Walters uh, voice. I don't have a okay. Barbara Walters voice, no. no, no. I, yeah, nice people have said nice things about like what, how I do interviews, and I'll take a Barbara Walters thing. Did he make you cry again? <laughs> 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 but yeah, that was not a podcast. Oh, I know. would be if you were a tree. I remember that. <laughs> yeah, I've actually found that most uh, most creators are pretty accessible. I mean, surprisingly so. Um, uh, you know, there there are a few that you know, like uh, John said, that they're a little tougher to get get to, and um, you know, a lot of emails back and forth. But for the most part, most people are pretty uh, you know pretty open to being on the show and really uh, approachable. And we've had a couple people on you know, a few times, and it's like each time they come on, you get more relaxed with them. Yep. But you know, there's you know when you get to 
you know, the one the first time you don't know. And, and, and that's, a, that's a really funny part is uh, when you are talking to people, you don't, you know, we try to be kind of goofy and silly at times. And, and uh, some creators just don't get it, you know. And they'll be like, you know, you'll make some stupid joke and then they'll be like, um, that's a really awkward pause. Kind of like, okay. <laughs> and then, Set uh, it up. Yeah, you got to that, and you know, then so so. But like I said, most part, uh, most people are approachable. Easy on the I think, uh, yeah. I mean, we initially, especially, we were pretty amazed at how approachable creators were and how gracious they were with their time. I think more than anything, the most difficult part for us was that we didn't, we never set out to really do interviews necessarily. We wanted to talk with creators about what they do and. and about them than necessarily interview them about their work, but because of the time constraints, and, and especially now that there's more and more uh, podcasts uh, wanting their time, and uh, they go into promotion mode um, as opposed to just having a conversation with them, which uh, to me is just not that interesting necessarily. Um, luckily, we've, we've been able to build up enough relationships with guys that we've gotten to know, like yourself. And, other people, um, where we can just have conversations with them and talk to them, you know, uh, normally as opposed to, uh, you know, just talking about what book they're working on now, uh, or what what's coming up for them. Because uh, to me, it's I think it's way more interesting to find out more about that person, um, you know, outside of just what they do for a job. When Peter Brian K. Bunn turned us down for an interview, we decided never to do one again. <laughs> but we have been turned out by several really good creators. And then we made the, we just thought the, the conscious decision to not be an interview show. There was enough of them out there. Um, John Centris does a great job with his show, and so I didn't want to compete with him because I can't imitate the funky phantom the way he does. <laughs> and well, we've, we've had some interviews fall into our lap, which was really good. Um, uh, Rick Remender was a great interview. He's an awesome guy. And uh, then we, there was one in particular that we pursued, that, well, Eric pursued, and that was Robert Rohde. And he was a local creator that we really talked to him more about his novel work instead of his comic book work. Um, but yeah, after that experience, we just thought, there's no sense in, in pursuing all these interviews. They'll come to us eventually. You can laugh. I still remember our first big-time guest interview. That was John Keever, so that was... Uh, that was pretty hard. That was your first guest interview. It wasn't big time. <laughs> <laughs> we know Sean. <laughs> Jim and I actually, Jim and I, because of the nature of our show, um, at the beginning, we actually deliberately avoided interviews because we we both tend to be like very fanboyish. Um, we love our comics, and I didn't want it to be perceived that they were anything but genuine feelings. So the problem is if you start having creators on, it looks like you're only saying nice things because you want them on your show. So I avoided that on purpose. But then after a while, it turned out that uh, we got creators who were listening to our shows who became friends, and they wanted to come on. And we found ways to develop episodes together. And it got to the point where I'm like, we've got an identity at this point. I think people know that that's who we are. Whether they agree or disagree with our views, um, that's just kind of our nature. That's what we're feeling about our books. So um, I think it's been kind of nice because we've developed some friendships and relationships and just we kind of developed the episodes that they come on with us. Because um, just because we're not really an interview show per se, um, it's more like I said about the experience. So it's kind of been a fun thing. Dream interview for us is, is Mike Morton, though. He's not been on the show yet. <laughs> 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 Mike, Mike, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> and I was wondering what 
what it took to get him out of the room. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> well, I want to, um, it's, there's really low barrier of entry for, uh, for somebody to get into podcasting. You know, uh, I mean, at the very base level, all you need is a microphone and a computer, right? That's the worst thing. <laughs> and an internet connection. Yeah, but um, because of that, there's a, there are a lot of podcasts. And, and so what do you... What do you find yourself needing to do to build an audience and to and to get to you know to uh, stand out from the pack? Stickers. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, you know, when I started, I before getting on Newsarama regularly, I would go to the, uh, the creators' message boards and say, "Hey, if you want to hear an interview with them, here's the link," and that really kind of helped grow my initial group of audience, and then especially when uh, I had my first interview with Bendis, and I had 6,000 downloads, which was just crazy, and it was in, within my first year, and I saw him a month later at the New York convention and said, Jesus, you know, we had 6,000 downloads, and he goes, really? He goes, you know, I have this Q&A that I write, and I get sick of it because, you know, typing is like, would you do a podcast for that? And I did, and that just really became this, like, viral, the Bendis case really became this viral thing where all these other you know websites were referring to it, Brian drops the news which helped and, and that's what helps. So yeah, I, I really think if you want to do guerrilla marketing about your podcast and if you do specifically interviews or you're talking about books, that's that's the best way to do it. It's really just go where the audience is and say, hey if you want to hear about this, come on Just a just a quick aside, what's the longest uh, episode of the Bendis tapes that you've ever done? Well we did we did two like like three plus hour sessions that ended up being like seven hours. Uh, and I know it was like five parts. I mean, I chopped it up in like five parts, which is crazy. But he gets, you know, he's popular. He gets like 300 questions, and he really wants to answer everybody. And even the stupid questions get answered. Those tiger beat questions of, like, what's your favorite cheeseburger? You know, <laughs> I'll answer that question. That's no problem. Well, you know, so, but it's fun, and it's really becomes like being stuck in an elevator and the air is running out because in that third hour we're punching and we're just laughing at everything and, or, or pissed at everything. So, yeah, it gets, it gets crazy, but it's fun. Anybody else on uh, Well, I think uh, just word of mouth is a, is a great way to promote yourself. You just, uh, you know, you just go on the boards, self promote yourself. Um, um, just, you know, going to these guys' boards and stuff, too. I mean, it happens. For me, it's just uh, persistence. You just keep on doing it and doing it and doing it. You're not going to establish an audience probably in the first six months. It's going to take a long time, especially now if you're just getting into it with over 100 comic book podcasts. I mean, when John and I started out, I mean, there was just a handful. and But even then, nobody knew about podcasting. And still, a lot of people don't know about podcasting. But you just... Every week, just put out a show and, and update your blog and go on forums and just answer emails in a timely manner and just, uh, you know, viral marketing, really, yeah. I think it's also interesting, like, today we were sitting out there and someone came up to us and said, you know, oh, okay, what is this, a podcast? Well, I don't have an iPod. Right. Oh, so, okay. and you get that, it's like, you don't have to have an iPod to listen to it. So, um, you know, sometimes just getting over those technical barriers and, you know, what people think, what it, you know, what it is. Uh, in regards to the doing something unique and standing out, I think um, number one, have fun with what you're doing, and don't don't just try and do what everybody else is doing. Um, enjoy yourself, 
and let your personality come out of it that way instead of trying to be something that you're not. Uh, because at the end of the day, you know, you're not going to end up with anything other than fun uh, and, and a hobby. It's not, there's no fame and riches in podcasting, especially for comic books. So, I, I mean, if you're not <laughs> <laughs> sorry, guys. If you're not enjoying yourself, you know, you're just going to get frustrated because uh, you definitely, you know, I mean, in our first year, we put probably as much work into the show that we did in our own, you know, professional jobs, maybe more so. And at some point, we just realized, yeah, we're not going to get anything out of it other than the enjoyment of doing the show and building a community and, you know, meeting friends and going to cons. I mean... Just have fun with it first, and and don't worry so much about the rest of it. One thing I've learned is that you, when doing a podcast, you can't let the opinions of the listeners influence the content of the show. Because once you do that, once once you transform whatever original vision you had into something that they want, there's never a group that's always happy. You'll have a, a certain group that was there from the beginning that wants it a certain way, sure. and then you'll have the ones that came in towards the tail end of the show, and, and they like it this way, but the original guys don't like it, and it just becomes a mess. You have to stay true to whatever vision you have in the beginning and just run with it, regardless of negative reaction or well, and criticism or whatever. A friend of mine once told me, you get one email and you, you think it's 500. You get, you know, one... Uh, bad review or one bad you know uh, email and, and you associate that with five thousand. Uh, so you have to yeah you have to kind of be true to what you. And like you said before, Vince, the audience is stupid. As far as like promoting your show though, um, just building out what he said, uh, don't be afraid to rely on your audience for that though, because once you get an audience. You know, they're, they're the ones who are going to spread the word because, like they said, there's an intense amount of work that goes into podcasting. I love it. I'm not saying that in any way is negative. But, like, literally, we record our show, um, I start editing the show, and then I'm back trying to get ready for next week's show. So it really is. I'm a school teacher. My buddy's in banking security. We're, we got full-time jobs. Um, this is, like, another full-time job, and it's a blast. But our listeners are probably our biggest advocates. They're our friends. They're the ones that go out and they do so much for us to get the word out about us. And that is really what you need to rely on. I mean, it's the Internet. Um, people are all interconnected. There's forums all over the place. They're the ones that will jump on people's blogs and shout out your shows, do iTunes reviews. Uh, you know, they discover places that I didn't know of that were promoting podcasts. So some of you, hey, I put your show up on there, which is, um, it's so immensely nice to be able to rely on people to just do nice things for you because they like what you're doing. It makes That makes it worth it, too, because the amount of work that we put in, it shows that, hey, people appreciate it enough to say, hey, I'm going to do that. And so, I mean, that's, I guess that's kind of a good thing. Just don't be afraid. Don't be afraid to ask them. I think also it's, it's you know, being on the internet is, is a great opportunity to, you know, spread your word out. I mean, back when MySpace used to be cool, we actually got a lot from that, too. So, you know, so that, you know things like that, the social networking sites. The media is changing. I mean, obviously, and you guys know it because you guys listen to podcasts, and that's why, as someone came from broadcasting, that's what excited me about podcasting and the idea of having a potential global audience because 
this kind of format, with the except even fanboy radio, which truly is on the radio, and, and honestly, I give a lot of credit to Scott, he's a nice guy, but I do have to remind him sometimes, he's on a public radio station in Dallas on Sunday night at 6 p.m., which is the lowest rated time, because everyone's eating Sunday night dinner, and it's a very small thing. His real audience is this global thing that he gets from the podcast. And that's just the, the truth. The num there are numbers that prove that. So, and the wonderful thing is, as uh, handheld wireless, and we've already made a big step with the iPhone, but as this stuff keeps going on, and we get past the grandma factor, and you can just punch in a name, and you'll be able to get, you know, your favorite podcast. That's when the floodgates are going to open up. The audience is going to get bigger. And, and, you know, honestly, because there are people that still don't know, and you have to detect it kind of understand it. But it, it is so gratifying, as these guys have said, to get emails and, and hear on message boards how much people like your show. Because, yeah, it, it's it's great content. And that's very cool. Uh, any, uh, anyone in the audience have a question? Yes. Alright, you guys talk about doing a weekly show and juggling your professions and everything with it. So how do you avoid burnout? That's the trip, man. That's like radio, too. Radio's fun. <laughs> I guess. You're actually right. It's a And that's, that's, what, that's, the, that's the line. I mean, you have to really love what you're doing to keep doing it. So, or rely on reworks, like that. <laughs> uh, I avoided it like a brick wall. Uh, <laughs> you know, there are times when you like you get a situation where you're like, man, the hell is I'm not doing it anymore. And we, we come to that you know, point where we're like, you know, we really didn't do this anymore, and we kind of, you know, we kind of got burned out on it. And there was a there was a period when you know we stopped doing interviews, and it was just like we didn't care. We just our heart wasn't into it. And then, um, you know, then then all of a sudden, you know, we just you know we got a new website, and you know, started getting a little bit more professional looking, and and uh, yeah, it was, it was a great thing to happen. And all of a sudden, you know, we just start picking up again, and, and, and when. You know, you have more people listening, it, it re-energizes you. It gets you more into what you're doing, and then it's a little easier to have, you know, it's a little easier to do. Stone Age Pale Elves. Stone Pale Elves, that's what you people want to do. I think the listeners drive that, though, as far as burnout, too. Um, you know, sometimes I'll, go, I'll literally go to the forum, and somebody will be posting some comment about something that they got out of something that we said that maybe I didn't even intend. And it, it like led into a whole discussion, and, and that's the type of thing where you sit there and go, okay, this was really worth it. Because I mean, there are weeks where you sit there and go, oh my gosh, we're, we just got finished and I'm ready to start again. You know, like I said, I'm a teacher, so report card weeks for me are a nightmare trying to keep the podcast going as well. And it is moments like that. It sounds, you know, like oversimplistic, like some really your listeners know that, but it is. It really is little things like that. All it takes is, and it's enjoyment for the topic. You know, I'm doing this podcast because I really like talking about this stuff. So, I mean, it makes it nice and easy. It's sometimes I escape from the things, other things that I could get burned out from. So that helps as well. I think also a big part of it is, is are, are you guys? Because it's really I nice. So anyway, um, yeah, I think when you guys come up to us and just say, you know, hey, we listen, I like the show and stuff, that means you guys have no idea what that means to us because we're not getting paid to do this. We do it for the love of it. And, uh, you know, just to hear those comments, that's, that's why we do it. But at the same time, it can be a bit of a double-edged sword. I mean, I know, at least for me personally, at some point I felt a responsibility to our listenership. You know, and I know Chris did too, that, that 
we had to keep doing the show because there were people that listened to it for two years and, and uh, you know there was there was just that feeling of, of, of responsibility to doing it and that that can be and that can add a little bit to the burden when you're not feeling like it, it while it can push you to do it it can also add a little bit to the burden well uh, when you when you aren't necessarily feeling uh, like doing it again. But shit, it's just talking about comics. I mean, come on. <laughs> <laughs> let's, not, let's be serious. Let's not get crazy. Huh? Uh, it's a serious thing. Another question? Yes. Yes. Um, what's one of the favorite moments of each one of your guys' shows? Favorite moment of one of your shows? I recently, I mean, you know, honestly, every time I talk to Venice, I laugh. There's so a lot of the writers. Sean and I have had a good time. Gordon and I have had a good time. <laughs> I had a good time. But no, really, like, Brubaker uh, and Fraction just recently were hilarious and so loose. And it, it is when you have a good conversation like that. Brubaker Fraction, I don't think I heard it. It was just doing this great drunk horse in the wells. It really was funny. And it just meant a lot that, like Sal said, they weren't just selling their comics, they were just hanging out and talking. And that's one of the reasons why my show sometimes is long, because we get past the selling, and then it's just time for the real conversation of just what makes this person tick, and it becomes a profile of the creator. That's my intent. So there's too many to isolate, but that's a good intent. I would say a Crisis on Infinite Earths episode. Um, we covered Crisis from one straight on through to the end. And was, that a, was, was that a 24-hour podcast? Yeah, it was pretty darn close. <laughs> uh, and it, it was a massive undertaking, but afterwards I really felt like we had um, made something, if that makes sense. So I was, and it, I think it, that was one of those episodes that kind of defined what we were and what we wanted to do. Um, so that's, that's a standout for me. Uh, I have two kind of well one is not really it wasn't on the show it never made it on the show uh, but it was because of the show um, uh, at, at uh, New York last year I had the opportunity to sit down with Gene Cullen for about two hours um, and it was it was I was a big fan of his work and to just sit there and talk with him and see the the lines of people come up and talk to him and, and uh, thank him for all the work that he's done and everything uh, that was that's been really special to me, uh, just a special memory. Um, on the show, probably my favorite moment, one of my favorite moments, is um, asking Steve Root about Bruce Lee. And I, uh, I'll leave it at that. Uh, this may sound like a cop out, but every one of our shows is a favorite of mine because no, 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 it's not a cop. Listen, because I try not to dwell on what has come before. So when we hit the stop button, I, that's right. When we hit the uh, the stop button, I forget about the show. It's gone. I edit it. I throw it out there, and it's like it never even happened because I want to be fresh for next week and approach it as a totally unique thing. If you, if you I do that when we first start. Right. <laughs> we, we don't like to play by the numbers. That, that's basically it. Everything's different. I think my favorite moment was when I posed the question a few weeks ago, is there anybody else doing a podcast solely dedicated to collected editions like I do? And the response was, yes, there is another show out there. Thank God. <laughs> I'm not the only one. <laughs> I was going to use the line that I forget each podcast as soon as I'm not recording, but since that's already been used. <laughs> but it's true. I, I kind of we're at the top, baby. <laughs> <laughs> and the rest of us is trying to get it. 
Um, actually, I probably kind of the sappy thing to say is I enjoy the things like this where getting to to talk or to meet you know, fellow podcasters and uh, and a being able to put faces with all the names finally. Hi, Chris. <laughs> um, and it's more the community. I really enjoy the community that's built up among podcasters and listeners and even among podcasters. I think without a doubt, my favorite moment ever doing a show is when um, we crank call Australia with Robert Kirkman to figure out how many issues of Walking Dead were selling. <laughs> it was absolutely hilarious. And, uh, you know, Kirkman, if you've ever heard of him, he's, he's a funny guy. And uh, I've never heard Kirkman ever get so quiet as when this guy, this Australian accent, picks up, you know, and, and we're saying, hey, we got Robert Kirkman on the phone. And he's like, oh, yeah, we, we saw like six issues, which is good for an image book. That's the worst Irish accent I've ever heard. But, but what was the best is when, uh, after we hung up, you know, of course, we had to throw in the Crocodile Dundee joke in there. And Kirkman said, it took you guys exactly one minute to bring up Crocodile. <laughs> I hate to sound like the rest of these ladies, but um, I really do think that the best part about doing our show is getting to meet the people that I interact with on the internet as well on the message board. Tell them, man. You go, sister. <laughs> favorite things that we ever did was when Eric got the brilliant idea that we should have an award show because we're getting the love awards. <laughs> he convinced me to actually do a video podcast and dress up and drag. And it was hilarious. We had a great time doing it. And I've put the wig on several times since. <laughs> myself. Questions? Anyone? Yes, in the back. Uh, you guys have kind of addressed it. Uh, we host the podcast, Nerd City. Uh, anyway, uh, but, uh, yeah, I'm not, I don't mind being a uh, But uh, <laughs> you guys have kind of addressed it. What do you think the future of podcasts is? Do you think we're like looking at channels? Or I know satellite is always an option if you get bigger. But like, what do you, I mean, there's obviously a future to this. This seems to be not necessarily the first step, but a step. I mean, do you think that you're looking at things like radio stations once were? Where you have like shows on? I mean, what do you guys think? I don't know. I think there's going to be portals that maybe you know, and and I guess in that way they might kind of be like radio stations. But like, I mean, the the landscape keeps changing, so I don't even know what the the next platform is going to be. But that's why I, I just believe, and obviously I'm sure you do too, that once really to you know you can truly get the entire inter internet no matter what on a handheld device in your car it doesn't matter you don't have to actually plug in physically to get it then i think it will be easier but yeah i think it's it's up to technology and how it happens satellite radio and i know like Venezuela people are sick of me arguing about this but i really don't think outside of howard stern there is any specific program that is compelling enough to set up a subscription service to get it. I just think it, I think the internet itself in general has as many interesting political shows, any topic you can think of, including comic books, is already being done for free. So I, I really think that it's the wrong model and it's not, I don't think satellite's gonna work. And I do think that it's the grandma factor. Once we get past that, and it's as easy as turning on a TV channel or dialing a radio station, then I think it will get bigger. I don't know how big, but I think it will definitely get bigger. I think I too. 
Sorry, I think, too, that the amount of things that are already out there that people can access our content on that are already interconnected, laptops, desktops, television. I just got Uber's television, and it's internet ready. It's like right on the cusp of you being able to do everything you can do on your computer, right on your television. Your TiVo will do podcasts. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, it's uh, you know iPods to all kinds of digital devices, PSP handhelds, things yeah. like that. There's so many devices that are already out there that can access our content. I think it's just education that our content is available. It's free. Because a lot of times when people ever, any, the hear anything they can hear or listen to, they think, oh my gosh, I've got to pay for it. I think it is right on the cusp of that future that we're talking about right now. It's just a matter of more people realizing that this is available. What is a podcast? Um, I think that uh, there's, obviously, the people in this room at least have a general knowledge of what podcasts are. But I think we're right on that edge of everyone realizing that, hey, you don't need an iPod to listen to a podcast. My, my electric toothbrush actually plays. <laughs> Mine does too, but I've got all kinds of issues. <laughs> I brush my teeth a lot. <laughs> um, I don't know what the future of podcasting as a medium is, but I think the, the future of, of podcasts... I think you're already sort of seeing it. I mean, if you look on iTunes, it's dominated by corporate-run podcasts more than anything. Um, so I, I think that's a, a bit of a conflict in in how far podcasts will go, because the bigger they get, the, the more the big business is interested in, the more that they will change and become less of what they are now. Um, you know, the beauty of a podcast is it's, there is no restriction to it. Anybody can do it. And there's no no one telling you what you can and cannot say on it. Um, the more crazy bash countdown, I can do it. If you, that's what you want to do, man. <laughs> do it, brother. Uh, but as you know, corporate, you know, like I said, the more corporate uh, sponsored or corporate run podcasts, the less the less they will be podcasts, and the more they will just be commercials. Yeah. Except for the people's issues, of course. They're great. Anyone else in the future of podcasting? I, I think probably kind of like Sal. I think it's going to go two ways. I think you're going to see a, a very corporate structure develop, but then through podcasts, through blogs, just the everyday person already has a voice and is developing that voice. So I think that's in some form or another going to continue, whether it is through a natural podcast or there is some kind of big change there. I think that the floodgates are kind of opened already. Net neutrality, guys, that's the key. And yes. obviously, if you want to keep corporations on an even level as individuals and stuff, write to your congressman, write to your senator. It's a serious issue, and there are people that do want it to be locked up and make the internet no different than television and radio and have it regulated and, and dominated by these corporations. Yeah, okay, thanks, okay, thanks for your gear. All right. Okay. <laughs> but at the same time, at the same time, uh, I'll be more than happy to sell out to any corporation that we're <laughs> <laughs> so, You know, in a day and age, too, where if you look at your televisions, they're all going to on-demand medium. This is what people want. Yep. They want to be able to get their programming across the board whenever they want it. So I, I think that's just the way we're naturally heading. So I do think that the like with the attitude of the floodgates are there, I totally agree with that because it really is all of our mediums heading this way. 
Yeah, I mean, Drudge didn't have any corporation backing him. He's a, he's a brand name now. I mean, that's the thing. Brand names are appearing from the internet. So I, I do understand that corporations are real competition. But as long as things stay neutral, then it's not an issue. Did you notice that Imperial March goes off? Everybody looks at their phones. <laughs> <laughs> Do you guys think, speaking of the future, I mean, do you, th- you guys think that there's a, that there is a potential financial model for you guys, so you're not just slaving away uh, for nothing, or at least that you can cover costs and beyond, or anything at all? I know some of you do have sponsors for your show, and I'm, I'm, you know, I'm sure some of you don't want to get into like, you know, how much you get for that or whatever, or what what you do get for it. But um, but any thoughts on that? Yeah, it's, I mean, you're, you're selling product. We're selling books. We're talking about books and magazines and DVDs and, and things like that. So I think there are easy hookups of, look, we've got a captive audience. And also, if you're with Libsyn or something, you can show hard data. This, these thousands of people actually not only listen, they took the time to download. I mean, that's like buying a magazine. I mean, you've, you've committed, and we appreciate that that you are going to listen to this thing because you downloaded it. So there's a good chance that that sales message will be heard. And I think we are no different than small magazines. And they seem to survive and do well enough to keep their magazines going and keep their costs. So yeah, I, I do think it's very possible. You've got a target audience. Exactly. And that's, you can actually show the data by your actual programming content. These are what people are downloading for. They'll buy these types of products. So yep. it's, it's easy to get a sponsor to say, hey, this is good for me. Yeah. Well, the issue is, though, that you're, in, you're, you're a niche within a niche. I mean, you're, you're, there's, there's barely enough money in comic books to support independent comics a lot of times, let alone podcasts talking about them. Um, I think there's opportunity there because of what you guys are saying, but it's it's... It's very limited in this particularly in a particular genre of, of podcast because there's only right now there's only you know so many people even listening to comic book podcasts or podcasts in general. There, there aren't huge corporations that are looking to advertise on on shows you know that that are uh, being heard by a few thousand people. Um, at least not spend the kind of money that would really. Uh, afford you the ability to do it as a living or, or you know, uh, really make it a good buck at it. Sure, certainly you can, you know, make enough to, to cover your costs and that kind of thing, but I don't, I personally, I just don't see enough uh, revenue out there that, you know, could, could really make you a living doing it. But that's me. I'm a pessimistic bastard. Right. Especially when there's uh, a couple hundred kind of podcasts out there. Yeah. We, I, I think the best case scenario would be to find someone who will cover your costs and a publisher that will provide you with free books because you do need material to review. So, I mean, in, in that perspective, you're ahead of the game. If you start thinking about money, it's going to be uh, a losing situation right from the get go. Yeah. Exactly how many sponsors are there out there? How often do you hear DCBS or in stock rate companies? DCBS pretty much, you know, subsidizes Yeah. Has anybody up there in, in, in talking about the money and getting advertising revenue, the people outside of comic book podcasting who have seemed to actually turn it into a job or the people who have been able to take podcasting to a daily situation? Has anybody up here thought about that? Yeah, Who's going to do it daily? I fanboy. Who's the first? Oh, are they? Well, yeah. No, CTS does it daily. Just about. Well, 
I think you need. I think you need to diversify to justify doing a daily show, and I and I think you can do that without losing your comic book base. But I think if you do kind of broaden to television, movies, and stuff, I, I think in theory it's there. I hear I hear what you're saying, Sal, and I agree. If you're just going to focus on comics, I think the geek culture, and we're seeing it in the films and television shows that are being developed. You know, I mean, there are more heroes fans than there are comic book fans. There are more, you know, people that are, you know, saw Spider-Man three than buy the Spider-Man monthly. There is a connection, though. There is a line, and I think there are products along that line that, you know. Yeah, I mean, I think you're just gonna, yeah, like you said, you're going to have to broaden and be more, yes. more of a, a mainstream sort of thing as opposed to specifically talking about one, you know, one thing. Oh yeah. No, that's, that's definitely true. But that's a great thing. I mean, I, again, it's a worldwide audience versus trying to get a Chicago audience listening to the, this show. And I think that is another thing that, that's a great thing about the internet. Yeah. Well, I think um, we've got just a couple of minutes left. Does anybody have uh, a quick question, anything? At, uh, yes? Um, if you couldn't podcast about comics, but you still wanted to do a podcast, what would you Golf. I would do golf. Yes. I do. Pornography. I do politics. <laughs> Where to get it? Where to go? Pop culture history and politics for me. I mean, not really opinion, but more like this in the history side because I, I love documentaries. So uh, film and TV for me. Like Doctor Who and Torchwood. And film. British form? That's that's the key to a good podcast is finding a finding a subject that isn't covered right now. That's what I can say. I'm general, you know. I already do a podcast on British form. Yes. Um, first off, it's weird to see the faces of the. Just, he, it's just weird hearing the voice come out of a mouth. You heard it's like, why did he come out of a mouth? You know? um, those my hands. <laughs> um, I, I guess, you know, I, I, do a, I do a podcast, and I guess my question is, how do you guys actually wind up getting connected to your sponsors? You know, I, I was, yeah, I was lucky. I mean, honestly, a couple came to me, yeah. and, which was really nice. Um, I talked to, you know, guys like uh, Chris and, and Sal, and, even said to them because they, man, they were just organized. It was just, I'm like, yeah, man, who are you talking to? We say, oh, you should call, you know, these guys, they're great. We call I it mean, organized. You need, you know, you, you, <laughs> really need to show up with, you know, I, I, you got to be in the four figures at least to kind of, I think, address the possibility of sponsorship mm. and show because that's the thing with podcasts. And again, with the oversaturation, <laughs> I don't know what the numbers are on everybody, but I didn't even think about it until I had a couple thousand listeners. And I'm like, well, like I said, like small magazine size, where I'm like, all right, well, this is a dedicated group of people that have purchasing power, and they're listening to the show, so that's the best way, I think, to approach it. Yeah, I'm, I'm with John. I mean, they, I was lucky they came to me, both uh, both my sponsors, but uh, as you guys know, I'm on Tomorrow's, and I wrote to Tomorrow's because they didn't have their podcast for a few months, and I'm like, hey, what's going on? I wrote John Morrow, and he's like, yeah, our guy, our guy left. And I'm like, well, hey, do you want to start it back up? And he listened to a few of my shows. And so I basically auditioned for a vacant job, and he took me on. So that's how I got hooked up to Toronto, which is pretty cool. 
I think uh, I think we're going to have to wrap up now. It's uh, after three. Um, I want to thank uh, the interview for uh, for doing a great job. Uh, I you know I didn't expect you to talk very much, <laughs> but uh, and thank all of you. Yeah, thanks for having Thank you. That'll take care of the 2008 Wizard World Chicago Comic Book Podcasting Panel. Uh, first of all, a big thank you to Wizard World for making the panel available to us and being really fantastic to work with on uh, on all of the the build up to Wizard World and getting the podcast panel off the ground. Uh, it was a big success, and I'm sure we will be back next year with uh, with an all new panel. So, a uh, big thank you to them, and a uh, thank you to all of the podcasts that were involved. Obviously, would not have been able to do it. Without uh, without them, and you can check in the show notes of this episode for links to each one of their shows. Uh, big thank you to Sean McKeever. Uh, it took uh, time out of his very busy schedule to moderate the panel. It's always good to hear from Sean, and he did a great job at the show. Uh, we talked uh, about the Book of the Month Club episode coming out next Monday, and uh, want to remind you about that that you still have a week to uh, dig in and read the Starman Omnibus of Volume 1, and uh, it was certainly well worth it. So we recorded that episode this past week, and uh, and that was a lot of fun. Uh, also remind you that uh, our new Book of the Month selection is Charles Burns' Black Hole. We've been talking about doing that episode for, gosh, uh, a year and a half now, so we're finally going to get around to dedicating an episode to Black Hole, and it certainly deserves it. Uh, that will take care of... Uh, of everything from Wizard World Chicago for us. We'll be back uh, next week with our Book of the Month episode and then back with regular programming after that. So, uh, once again, thanks for listening. Uh, drop by the iTunes Music Store and uh, uh, leave us a review if you have a chance. Uh, check out Witchblade, the uh, the animated series. It's a free download today, which you heard a little bit earlier. And uh, other than that, we are uh, going to sign off from Wizard World Chicago. So, if you made it out to the show, Hope you had a great time. If you didn't, I hope that this little podcast uh, was able to make you feel like you were here, if uh, only for an hour or so. expressed in the interviews or by guests of the show are solely those of the individuals expressing them and may not reflect the opinions of around comics. Any reproduction, rebroadcast, or retransmission without the express written consent of around comics is strictly prohibited. All content presented in this program is the sole property of around comics and this has been an around comics production copyright 2008. Thank you.